0: Hooray, hello, and welcome, senpai and waifu alike, to Hooray for Anime, a watch-along podcast where members of the show, such as myself, watch some of our favorite anime shows and movies and give you our take on them. Don't forget, this is a a spoiler-filled show, so unless you've seen the movie or show, that's the topic of discussion, we recommend you turn away, go watch, and come back to hear our thoughts on the matter. On this, our inaugural episode, we'll be discussing the 1988 film Akira. I'm your host, Chris Driver. With me here today are Josh Mobley of A Long Time Ago Radio, boy, and Brian Barnett of The Platformers Podcast. Hey, what's up? Gentlemen. I think,
1: I think it's technically uh, Push It Up Glasses, Akira. 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 Oh, Akira. Oh. Oh. Who is this Akira?
0: This is an important movie. This is like a yes. big... It is actually a really important movie. And it's funny, mm-hmm. like I... go. So have you guys seen this before? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to be like, honest,
1: the
2: first time I saw it, I didn't like it.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: I was a little bored with the beginning uh, of the movie the first time that I saw it. But now, this time, knowing what was coming, I actually found it more engaging, which I found kind of interesting. Because so, like, nothing's changed about the beginning. It's just like I, it reframed my kind of understanding of what I was looking for. And so I paid a lot more attention to Tetsuo, whereas like the first time, I was all about Kaneda
1: yeah yeah I think knowing what's coming helps a little bit, yeah uh with this movie, and yeah, this, watching it again, I have changed my mind on it because I noticed a lot of just narrative beats and themes that I didn't notice the first time, and like, yeah, a lot of other cool things, and yeah,
0: well, the beginning of the movie, like they they set it, and I mean I'll go through a brief synopsis in a minute, but they set the scene pretty well and pretty easily um as to like, mm-hmm. what's going on and why the world is the way it is. Um, but by the end of it, like the last half hour, it and really the, the last scene, it ended the credits rolled. And I looked at
2: Jess. I was like, well, good thing that wasn't confusing at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and it's still even as it's going through the credits, like you're still seeing stuff that's happening. And it's right. Like, OK, so th- wh- what is it? Uh, is this what I think it is like? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so a quick synopsis for uh, this film In 1988, the Japanese government drops an atomic bomb on Tokyo after ESP experiments on on children go awry. In 2019, 31 years after the nuking of the city, Kaneda, a bike gang leader, tries to save his friend Tetsuo from a secret government project. He battles anti-government activists, greedy politicians, irresponsible scientists, and a powerful military leader until Tetsuo's supernatural powers suddenly manifest. A final battle is fought in Tokyo Olympiad, exposing the experiment's secrets.
2: In one of the coolest scenes in film history. Yes. Well and and there's
0: there were so many things in this movie that like I think had I not known this came out as long ago as it did, I would say, Oh wow, this is a cool callback to Yeah, this other thing that I've seen in here. It's like, no, this movie's actually like the originator of a lot of these, yes. these scenes yeah. that are so did you, iconic and other Did things. you
2: see the, the have you seen the montages of like the bike slides? Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a ton of YouTube videos on that.
2: Yeah. Um, like Kaneda's bike slide on his like iconic red bike inspired so, so many like yeah. motorcycle slides. In, and that's, like, that's something
1: they brought up in that video I sent you guys, where it's like, when you watch it now, it seems like it's a derivative, but in reality, it's because it kind of started a lot of these things that people reference and use today. So it's not actually derivative. It's like where all these derivative things came from yeah, in the right. first place. So, and that's a that's just a thing that happens with any piece of art because sure, once something like uh, the comic book Watchmen, for example, had this problem where like. When it came out, it was so groundbreaking and new that everyone kind of copied it afterwards. And now, like reading it now, you're like, I don't see what the big deal is, even though it's it's freaking amazing. And if you've never (laughs) read Watchmen, it's literally the only comic book on time's 100 best novels of all time. You should read it. Yeah. But like lots of comic books in the late 80s tried to copy that thing. And it's the same as with this movie.
2: Isn't that where like Sin City and all those things came from? Like that? Uh, same
0: period, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have now to get the, off on uh, comic
2: because this is an anime show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even the pod that like Akira is in that you see, I was literally like, "Oh, is Vegeta gonna pop out of this?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. Although yeah. by by the end, Tetsuo does like when his hair starts floating up. I was like, "You kind of look like the Prince of Saiyans, man." You know, the whole <laughs> hair thing. I got me thinking. I was
1: like, "Does is like vertical hair just like a thing in?" Japanese culture, you know what I mean.
0: The taller your hair is, the more powerful
1: you yeah. become.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, then, Vegeta it's a is the most powerful person because I
1: have noticed that uh, in anime as well, uh, the eyes are like a big thing. So like hiding a character's eyes like makes them mysterious to a point where you don't know them, and then the the minute like the eyes are revealed, it's more like it's like used as a thing to get you know a character into. They're busting uh, out the, of their the audience, understanding where this character's coming from, kind of thing. And I was like, maybe that, maybe hair is something like that because I know that hair maybe. in in feudal Japan, you know, like cutting a samurai's hair was dishonorable. So oh yeah, it's like cutting something cutting going, going on off. with the hair here.
2: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, cutting their top knot off was like a exactly. huge dishonor. So oh, I yeah. was like, I wonder
1: if that's a thing. Listeners, let us know if that's a thing because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I literally have no
0: idea. <laughs> the when this movie first opens up, it you get like a lot of vibes from a lot of things that like already exist today like Blade Runner which yes I didn't realize Blade Runner actually came out in the same year as this movie um but I mean literally so Neo like Tokyo looks impact, like
2: uh Armageddon <laughs> type what's that scenario it's like it's like a deep impact uh Armageddon scenario oh it's yeah, like yeah two yeah. Two, well, two things come out that like kind of
1: you have to you have to think uh Neuromancer which is the novel that spawned the entire cyberpunk genre which is like inspiration for a lot of that kind of stuff, came out four years before. so Before this? By then, like the late 80s is very much steeped in this like cyberpunk uh, kind of thing. Dirty city, it's but a great, futuristic. It's a great
2: genre. <laughs> yeah. It's so good.
1: It is, even though it kind of only tackles like two things. <laughs> yeah what like is humanity big
2: corporations yeah and AI <laughs> yeah. what is consciousness what is it what is it to be human yeah. or a living being and stuff like that and then like how far is it too far like hyper capitalism and the examination of like what economies and yeah. currency I mean and stuff you can like I mean, mean they do
1: other things in there like class sure. struggle and stuff oh, like that yeah. which they kind of show in Akira a little bit um yeah, uh, just little, kind of yeah. in the frame, you know, they don't really bring it up, but it's it's there, you know,
2: I mean, unless you want to look at like the whole military. I mean, and there's definitely an examination of the military industrial complex for I, sure There is,
1: Yeah, Um, I would say is... the main the main theme of the movie is science overstepping its bounds. Yeah. Sort of. Like,
2: well, and or, what or like the, just the I mean, if you want to get go beyond that into like kind of more metatextual stuff um i would say it's about like unlocking your inner potential and like living up to that and well, stuff part like of that.
0: it's part of it's that and part of it is like it's a direct response to and representation of like how japan was during that time like in the 80s like from the ashes of world war ii like these cities that were completely destroyed yeah. like they're yeah. you know build out built up this strong economy and it's they're, like okay we're here yeah. now what do we do with this yeah
1: yeah it was like the resurrection of everything they had kind of lost right and finally booming again in the 80s they were like one of the largest economies while there was like a recession going on in the United States which is why there was a lot of like anti-Japanese sentiment like in the 80s and stuff
0: which is crazy to me that like this movie managed to break through all of that because <laughs> It is like with as iconic as so much of it like as it is um it wasn't overlooked by you know the American public, and it very well could have been
1: yeah it there, it, it, it is it is brought up a lot in Japanese uh pop culture stuff like uh Hiroshima and Nagasaki had such a huge impact on just what their stories were post the forties, which is why you get yeah. things like which is literally like nuclear testing created a monster that comes and decimates our cities like it's a direct parallel and then right, the very yeah. beginning and ending of akira is a major explosion that just wipes everything out like these are similar to you know how in america we portray things like 9-11 and how our art is, was changed in a post 9-11 world and how all these most things
2: happen most of yeah, like most of the like crime dramas and stuff at some point talk about terrorism. And it's like, you know, if you look at like twenty four was a huge thing and it's almost entirely about terrorists. Yeah, it Venezuela. was completely
0: rooted in that. It, it in almost that couldn't
1: have it almost couldn't have exist existed, I should say, in a pre nine eleven world. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. twenty four, you know? Even though terrorism was a a thing. Sure. It just wasn't as like steeped in the American conscious as it was after
2: yeah I mean I think that if we're talking about the really big iconic things that cross the boundary and kind of open things up for more I would say Akira did it for movies along with I think I don't know how much later it was but like Ghost in the Shell um and then Ghost in the Shell was
1: Nineteen ninety, but let me let me. Or it might have been ninety three. It is ninety three because I
0: remember every time like I that. read that, I'm always like, "That's
2: the year I was born." Oh, <laughs> oh my God. that's nice. And then ninety-five, also, actually, oh, never mind. Oh, very nice. And I then things wrong. like, uh, things like Dragon Ball were a lot of people's first, especially in the eighties, like a lot of people's first anime. And then Final Fantasy seven was a big thing for bringing Japanese role playing games to the west. Right.
1: Yeah, I I think without the success of Akira in the West, we wouldn't have
2: um, a lot of that.
1: A lot of it and it's and, definitely a
2: linchpin for sure. I would
1: I would argue that Toonami had maybe just as much, if not a bigger impact on anime in the West. But I don't think you get Toonami at all without Akira like popping into movie theaters and like being yeah. copied on VHS tapes and being traded between like all these kids and college students and stuff and being yeah. like yo you've never seen anything like this yeah especially like, boobs of- and blood and explosions and I've stuff. got it, like, like I yeah
0: I there were definitely moments of this movie that were genuinely surprising to me as far as like not just the subject matter but like the way in which things happen like you see a guy shoot a dog um the bikers point, rip
2: off her shirt and punch her in the face and yeah her on the ground, ground. There's,
0: there's full frontal nudity yeah um
2: and it's not it's not for titillation it's to disturb you yeah it's like, to make it's you to...
0: feel like no this is a terrible place to be yeah and you know these are the types of people that we're dealing with here yeah
2: and they even kind
1: of show you that in like um like the first time tetsuo breaks out of the lab and he's with what's her name i can't remember okay okay uh, and he's yeah and he's eating the sandwich and stuff and they're talking about how they want to escape but they're like where where would we even go you know what yeah. i mean yeah and it's it's like that's how dire this world is it's it's this haves and have-nots desperation thing. It's like, this is kind of it, you
2: know? Well, I mean, and we don't know if what it's like other places. This is we just don't. how it is in Japan. We know that we know where the new
1: Neo-Tokyo, which Neo yeah. means new. Yeah. Right? We know where Neo-Tokyo is, and then right next to it is old Tokyo, which is just a big crater. Yeah. And it's like, where else do you go, kind of? Because Japan is also very small compared yeah. to other places. And it's an and island, it's so it's, packed. like, if yeah. you don't have a way to get off. Exactly. So it's, like, where do you go? Do you obviously just go to the countryside? But even yeah. then, like, what do you do there, you know?
2: And there are planes and helicopters and stuff, but it looked like they are all pretty much controlled by the military. So it's, like, if, was, you're, if you're a civilian, like, you have no hope of getting access to any of that stuff. All you yeah. have are your custom bikes that you work on all the time and your friends, and that's basically Which it. Which
1: explains why there would be such a big... Quasi-religious, like anti-government sentiment, which is presented through the whole movie, yeah, as sort like, of this like background motivating factor for a lot of things.
0: That part I got. The part I and I mean, I've only seen the movie once, and it was a couple hours ago. Um, the the whole idea of like people like rioting against the government, and like they in the beginning of the movie, they talk about like the tax reform and how these people don't want it. Like, do you guys have? Can you expand on that a little bit? Like, just because I. I, that was definitely lost to me a little bit, and I was watching the, the subbed version. So I mean, I mean, it's probably I
1: explained it, more in the comic. Yeah. But
0: I don't not, know if you guys got any more out of that than I did. I not didn't.
2: Really.
0: Um, it just seemed I did, like a bunch of people that were unhappy with their government I, in the way that things actually Yeah, I mean, I feel or, like that's
1: all you need to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, well,
1: and, you see the way the world is, and you get it. You're like, okay, I can understand why people would be so, like, anti-this establishment, anti-this, like super you know militaristic like power hungry uh government even when well, you see these councilmen later.
0: try to you know take away that power from that head general um mm-hmm. who's running like the lab experiments and everything and he's like you know what screw this like we don't have a choice right now because this kid is so friggin' powerful yeah running yeah. around tearing up the city which is why
1: i think a big theme of the movie is science overstepping its bounds which you could argue is like. How Japan probably would have felt after the after the atomic bombs got were dropped on them. They probably yeah, should would have this f- even exist? Yeah, because even like Oppenheimer, who helped create it, felt super guilty. Yeah, and
2: it. I mean, and Einstein too. So
1: yeah, which um, is why uh, in Mega Man, uh, Doctor Wily looks looks like Einstein. <laughs> is that why? That is why. Yeah. I did not realize that. And uh, and uh, Dr. Light is a reference to, um, uh, not Tesla. Who's the guy who invented the light bulb? Why can't I think of it? Edison. Edison. He's supposed to be like Edison, which is why his name is Dr. Light. Because he's like, he invented ah, something that helps yeah. people as opposed right. to, yeah.
2: Well, something except that, that Edison so was a much freaking tool.
1: Huh? Edison was a tool. That guy was a real jerk. Sure, but that's not <laughs> the point. Like, it's, you know. <laughs>
0: How are the lights in your house, Brian? And y'all talk like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your light bulbs, you, you enjoy them, you ungrateful bastard. <laughs> I
1: do. I don't do. Don't talk enjoy about them. Edison that way in this house. <laughs> I'd kill fifty elephants if it kept the lights on in this house. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where to go from that.
2: Um, Everybody, everybody who's a jerk is just from Boston. I don't yeah. understand why. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> uh, there was,
0: yeah.
1: Go ahead. Anyway, no, I
0: was gonna say there was a the concert we were at last night. The drummer is from Philly, and he's like, "Yeah, I live in Boston now," and everyone's like, "Ooh." He's like, hey. "Yeah, but I'll never cheer for one of their fucking teams." And everyone in the crowd's going, like, "Yeah, Philly," because we're loud and obnoxious. Anyway, true. um. One thing that I was like, so as far as what this has influenced, that was like so obvious to me, um, like glaringly obvious um, that, you know, now that I've seen it, I could look it back and be like, wow. Um, the fact that these kids have like all these powers and they're designated by numbers. It's like, wow, this is straight up stranger things. Like they literally just took this concept of like, I'm going to experiment on some kids and see what w- comes out of it. I argue that's probably a trope but that yeah. kira might have been one of them it might have
2: started it yeah. that's yeah. what i mean
1: genesis yeah. points at that trope but uh yeah i i did like the numbers on the palm kind of yeah, thing yeah um
0: yeah those kids are weird <laughs> it's weird that they and that they give they explain it like very briefly where like they give them that medication to like try and balance them out or whatever so yeah, they can control right. their powers but it makes them age but also not or it makes them like wrinkly
2: um, Makes just, them little baby old men. Yeah, yeah, I actually
0: liked that
1: uh, the whole them looking old thing because they were super wise, and so they made them look old, even though they were children and treated like children. They were actually really, really wise because they and were all smarter than all the military psychic. guys. Exactly because they yeah. knew what was going
2: on. Yeah, yeah. So, do we want to? Are you wanting to, Chris? Are you wanting to run through like kind of the? Story and then talk about like some major points or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, I was actually, I was going to ask, uh, which direction we wanted to go in, but, um, yeah, I mean, major like beats of the story. Um, I mean, it opens up with, um, I mean, you see the atomic bomb drop on Tokyo. Um, and then they explain how all that happened. But, um, I mean, I feel like the beginning of the movie really just kind of sets the scene for like what this world is, but you also, you get um Tetsuyo having that run-in with um
2: Takahashi and uh getting those powers. So let me ask you guys something really quick because on the first viewing I definitely thought that one thing was happening and now that I've seen the second one I'm I'm less certain. Okay. So what I thought happened was he ran into he ran into Takahashi, right? and physical contact with takahashi like activated his powers like he collab- he like bumped into him and that like set off a no, chain reaction that's that not what happened. his powers but then on watching it this time i was like oh, oh I'm okay sorry.
1: i misunderstood what you were saying i thought that's what you were <laughs> saying happened i was like no that's not what happened <laughs> so when <laughs> Continue. i first
2: watched it, yeah that's when i first watched it that's what i thought happened i agree the same thing N- happened to me now when i watched it this time i was like oh okay he was just injured, and they, they took him back and started experimenting on him, totally unrelated to any of the other stuff. They yeah. just took him. Yeah. They were just yeah, so, hey, did, free like, kid. Did yeah, they... so is, is, that, is that what you guys also got out of it? Because then why not take the, the rest of the kids? The first
1: time I saw it, that's the exact thing I thought. But and then watching it again was realized, oh, that's not what happened at all. They just were like, hey, a free kid, and they just took him, and like, you know, and they like inject him with all the stuff. and
0: yeah and all that. well and they basically because like what i thought was weird was there's this line where it's when um the old woman kid i can't remember her name
2: the one who can tell the future yeah uh,
1: let's we'll just call her old woman kid and then there's uh <laughs> then there's uh dwarf christopher hitchens and then there's and, there's, and then well, business
2: hold on hold on there's runaway kid there's business yeah. kid and no, business kid, kid is dwarf Christopher Hitchens. No, he looks
0: like um Louie <laughs> Louie. <laughs> he does. Oh my God. <laughs> he looks like Louie Louie in Dr. Robotnik's. Oh, palm.
1: I'm psychic. I'm pretty sure that's
0: how he sounds. <laughs> um shit, what were we saying? We were talking about oh, it oh, like oh. kids. So when I first, so she goes on and talks about um how Akira, like it, it's I'll a con or energy is like a concept that like it, Exists within all of us, it's just a matter of how you unlock it, yeah. yeah. And that, like, everybody has some type of ability, it's just you may not know it. Um, similar to the that really big Namek in Dragon it's Ball like Z, the driving force
1: people. of the universe is <laughs> you what mean, I got. Uh, it.
2: what is it? Uh oh, not Elder, uh, I can't remember his name, it's fine, yeah. Anyway, something like that, yeah. Um, so he makes Brian I... actually worth something,
0: he does. <laughs> What I took from that, though, is what you said your first impression was, Brian, where when he runs into him and then because of that contact, he unlocks that thing. But later on, they say, well, can we control him? Can we do this? And it's like, oh, just kidding. They just took this kid because he it's like, oh, you know, you know that this weird old man child is out there. We might as well just take you with us or we have to kill you. So we're just going to experiment on you and see what happens. But the, then no. to that, me,
1: it seemed like they were just continuing what
0: they were already doing. He just happened to get out. It's just like, weird that they would only pick him like they had like six other bikers that they could have taken. Exactly.
2: With them. There was a whole group that they could have either killed to shut them up because they also saw him. Or maybe and they, they had, had that opportunity
0: think? twice. Yeah. Mind you.
1: But I think I think there, there was more of the guise of like, we're taking him to the hospital and then he's just gone but then you, you get have to know i mean you that, also like, get the sense that like the military and the government like aren't really are, are not really questioned like they're just kind of always in power you know it's and like, it's right. like Escape whatever they from say LA, they're they just, just going to do, do they and they don't really care that's sort yeah. of what the impression i got
0: yeah yeah so they take him he gets experimented on he gets all these wonderful powers and then i'm going to fast forward quite a bit
2: there's because there's not a lot that's important that happens. There's in between, not. I mean, they, in between he, that and the end.
0: He runs in with uh, Kaori and he's like, we got to run away together, but I don't know where we go. Screw it. He gets in a biker fight and then they kidnap him again. And then he starts to trip balls. By the in this way, that was room.
2: nuts. Which scene? The one where he like falls over and it, the floor falls out beneath him. And then he flashes back to the moment and then his entrails like pour oh, out yeah. and then it oh, cuts yeah. back to reality and he's just scooping imaginary entrails back into his guts it was like
0: it was so weird like it reminded me of when in man of steel they show like young clark kent sitting in the classroom and he's like looking yeah. at a teacher and he can see through them and like everybody and he can hear everything yeah you he can hear everything and like yeah. he just ha- doesn't have control yet um so i definitely got those vibes from it but when he's in the bedroom and He like takes the glass of water. You see, he has force powers all of a sudden. Yeah, and then, for lack of a better term, sorry, Josh. And then, uh... (laughs) well, that's not accurate description. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: and we we can definitely say first broom kid. We can (laughs) we can definitely say Star Wars came before this. So
0: that is true. It did. That is true. Um, I thought it was interesting that they tried giving him all of these toys, like they're just like sitting on the floor because at first you see him with this teddy bear and it's like on the bed with him and he's like I don't want this shit and he throws it on the ground and then they yeah. show like all
1: these other cuz he's cuz he's a teenager.
2: Right. Yeah. Those other little art no was that was those other little kids trying to relate to him, right? Like trying to be nice to him and and that oh, sort of I didn't thing? even think of that. I didn't think of that at all. That I thought it was them trying to be like hey, you're one of us now. You're Welcome here. Here's some stuff that we like. Part of me
0: wants to believe that, but the other part is also like, well, they kind of like manipulate with his mind and turn into a giant like five nights at Freddy's teddy bear. Yeah. Another, and another part
2: of me was like wondering if those stuffed animals might have been just an illusion. Well, I think they put that on for him.
3: Hmm.
0: But I don't understand. I didn't understand like what. No, their see, what was I thought that was
1: that they realized he was getting too powerful, and they were trying to stop him. Or they yeah, maybe
2: they're later. they're trying to suss they, out what he's all yeah. about. And yeah, that's yeah,
0: yeah, maybe that's all it is. Is they're just trying to see like how bad he actually is. Like
1: they even realize at some point they're like, this dude is gonna be more trouble than he's worth. Yeah, because you have to think he's the first teenage uh, experiment.
0: Well, he's older yeah. than all of them.
1: Yeah, and all the other ones are kids. Like kids are easily controlled because they're so young. And even Winter's not so much. Yeah, you know they're going to through adolescence. With. So yeah. So well, I they... feel like maybe that was part of it. It's like you give an a- someone with all that adolescent rage who like doesn't know power because there's that whole thing of like him and and uh, uh, God, I Kaneda? can't remember anyone's name in this freaking movie. The main character, Kaneda. Uh, yeah, Kaneda is like the leader and hes they always kind of look down on him and treat him like a kid, you know? So it's like this adolescent person with all this rage who's in a biker gang all of a sudden gets the powers of a god. Yeah. And he's just Part like of me, going ham. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. That's why I really like that scene that when they're more. in
1: the castle and he finally realizes like, I don't have to listen to you. Like yeah. I'm better than all of you. Like, like, like you
0: only really get a couple scenes where you see them like kind of talk down to him as like, Hey, like we're here to enough, save you. Though. It's enough. Like it's enough in hindsight, I think. But like when he starts to get that power and that, like at first when he gets it, you're kind of like, dude, what is your problem? Like you just killed three like, yeah, adults. Yeah. And then he, like he just snaps like out of nowhere. I mean, I'm sure I you know a lot of it is because he doesn't know what's happening to him, but yeah. Um, I don't know if it's
1: necessarily out of nowhere though. Like the and the whole talking down thing. I mean, this whole Chekhov's gun principle. So for for listeners who don't know what Chekhov's gun is, it's this it's this like law of storytelling that if you if you say that like there's a gun on the wall, like that thing better go off at some point right. in the story. Like yeah. you're bringing it up for a purpose. And they bring up his like they treat him like a child enough to where I think it sets up the turn. In the in the play area, you know, the right. daycare area. I think they set it up enough because that's the first thought I had when when uh, and he even says like you you all treated me like this. Yeah, um, I mean, once that happens,
0: it's like I feel like it's
2: earned. But Check leading up to I it, like, it's like what the fuck is this kid's problem? <laughs> I wondered um, if that was supposed to be like kind of a statement about adolescent immaturity and that because. I didn't see that much of it. So I was like, well, this is probably mostly perceived because they definitely all like love him and care about him or else they wouldn't go after him at all. Like, yeah. you know well, what and I mean?
0: Kaneda like, like says multiple times, he's like, I should be the one that has to take him down. Yeah. Cause he is my friend and like,
2: yeah. So I wonder, I think it's mostly perceived. Like he feels he it's, it's not so much that they treat him as an inferior, but he feels inferior because like he can't ride Kaneda's bike. Cause he's not good enough like you know what i mean like the you know i don't know i don't know i just i felt like maybe that was him still feeling left out and stuff mm-hmm. um and it was more him lashing out based off of how he felt isolated than he actually was because like i mean he's obviously like he's like kind best friend probably you know so yeah i don't i don't know um but maybe maybe i'm reading too much into it
0: no i don't i don't think you were at all um so like moving forward past this scene where so Kanedak, um and a couple other people go in and they try to break him out, thinking that they're going to save him, and then quickly realize, oh my god, this kid is cannot be contained. When well, he's um, pretty much in control of everything anyway. Right. Um. He so Tetsuo runs away or like flies out of the building, and he's like, oh my god, I can do this too. This is great. <laughs>
2: it's pretty mental. <laughs> <laughs> and then. He's like Later, shouting and ripping open the floor and stuff like like tearing open concrete and like waving his hand and throwing people across the room. Like, it's pretty crazy.
0: It was cool to see him like rip buildings apart. Like yeah. It's not something that you see often in you know, this kind of media. Yeah. One thing I do want to say uh, before we keep going, I just got so many. The movement in this is like it, it's so fluid, like throughout this mm-hmm. entire movie. Um, and the entire thing just reminds me of a, uh, a gorillas video like there's so many moments where i'm just like i just want feel good ink to start there's a
1: reason it's so fluid uh and it's because i guess like three different animation studios worked on it like at the same time but traditional animation at that time was always done with 12 frames a second which is like isn't this 24 bare minimum yeah and a lot and some of it is but lots of the action scenes are done in 24 frames a second which gives it which is like The sixty frames per second of animation, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) which gives it this really like fluid uh,
2: movement look. Well, and another thing is, um, is that like it's it's intentionality. Like the the animators went out there with this goal, and like you see, you can see it in the way that characters move. Like when the and it's all like you. There's a lot of little touches that I loved that you didn't have to have in there. Like when the helicopter. Starts to come down to pick up Tetsuo and Takahashi at the beginning. It starts blowing wind really far, and like the whole group of kids like gets slightly pushed forward. And I was yeah. like, "That's There's such a so great There's so many little touch. touches like that, and the sound design is absolutely amazing. Like when everybody, when all the military guys pull out their guns, and when like the footfalls and everything, and when they jump in the water, like everything is just it just sounds so good. Mm-hmm. And one
0: thing I wasn't impressed with, and Know, maybe it was just my, I wasn't paying so much attention to it because I was so in on the action and, and the the narrative. Um, there were never really any moments where I was like, this music is incredible.
1: Really? Because like, I, I thought every time they did that, like, monk thing, like, I loved da da, da da. that. I mean,
0: that was great, and, like, it sets a tone, but it's not something, like, but I'm, I'm going to...
1: And I'm wondering if that's, like, something, uh, just to bring up Ghost in the Shell randomly, mm-hmm. uh, the main theme in the Ghost in the Shell movie is a traditional Japanese wedding song, and it's because there is this whole uh, like theme of humans and machines like intertwining and and like mm. moving forward in the evolutionary tree. So they use that That's really cool marriage song throughout the movie in multiple parts. And I was wondering because that song. That like blah, song comes up multiple times. I was like, I wonder if this is something like that. You know, Some, like, but I I don't have something? the answer to that.
0: Well, I know but. the 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 guys that um, composed it composed it before they watched the movie or read the script. They were just really? like, oh, we're gonna make yeah. Like I think they were just given a concept of what this was, and then just wrote music for it. Hmm. Um, and then they had to like rewrite it so that it actually fit the scenes.
2: Right. I definitely got vibes of like tribalism you know and like kind of shamanistic stuff because of like the types of sounds that were coming out of the music so it was like half kind of futuristic like rock music or whatever and then like half super primitive which i thought kind of played into like this latent energy that everybody has just as a species i thought that was kind of interesting and that would actually make a lot
0: of sense given like how they even speak about akira i mean granted just like the yeah the fact that these people are running around with like crazy amounts of power
2: yeah and, and like the reverence of a god like and even right. when even when uh he sh- finally shows up even when akira finally shows up like he's like very he's got a very detached kind of divine thing where he's just he just seems totally serene and completely in control and with not a care in the... Like, watching him, you know, watching Tetsuo rage all over the place, he's like, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he's just very unaffected by everything, which I'll I... I'll take I, care of this, no worries. Yeah. And he. I don't even think he says anything. No, he doesn't. He just, like, walks forward and everybody's like, oh, Akira! And then he just freaking <laughs> takes care of business. And I, when we get there, I, would, I really want to talk about that whole reaction between Tetsuo oh, yeah. and... Uh, Akira because I think that's one of the most powerful moments in the whole movie
0: so Tetsuo jumps out of this building he flies away um, I think the next big like story beat that happens which like it's kind of a minor scene but also isn't is like you know that he he's out there um, he goes to this bar that they've been to before and he's asking the bartender for these pills and he, the bartender kind of gives him this whole, like, oh, well, I mean, they're expensive nowadays. Like, I don't know, like, if you can afford it or whatever. And then it just, it, it, there's a hard cut to two of his buddies, whose names I can't remember, um, walking into the bar. And they walk in, and the whole place is destroyed. And they don't know what's going on. They see the bartender's killed. And then Tetsu is, like, hiding up, like, in the rafters, like, laughing at them, holding these pills. And they're, like, trying to, get them away from him and figure out what the hell's going on. And uh they realize like quickly that something is wrong with him. Um at which point Yamagata, who's one of the guys, gets killed. Um and the other one gets away. Um which that then gave me like one of like probably one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Um is when um Kamada Right. Or no, I'm sorry. Kaneda gets on um, gets on his bike and he's like, I'm sending this bike back to Yamagata. And he just like rides it into the wall and crashes into it or, and uh, blows it up, saying like, you know what? If this guy is not going to be alive anymore, I'm going to give him his bike back at the very least.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's it's pretty cool. It's crazy, but it's like it's another one of those like spiritual sentiments in this movie that I thought was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Which you wouldn't expect given the, how messed up the world is and how it's like, it is, it is a modern society or like a futuristic, you know, given the time it was made and everything society, um, where it seems like any other type of like ritualistic or like spiritual kind of representation that is in this is kind of in the way of like an extremist. Yeah. You know, ideology
2: or or like futurist and like kind of uh, like transhuman sort of a thing or something right. like that. And I don't know if this is part of Japanese culture but in Singapore when people's family members would die they would buy like paper versions of whatever belonged to them and they would burn it to like give it to them you know in the in in the next life. In the next life and things like that. So I don't know if that's also And that's like, a like, pretty
1: prevalent thing in mo- a lot of cultures like the Egyptians buried their most you know treasured belongings with them as a way to like take them in the afterlife, and then you know you have like uh, the Greeks putting coins like coins on the eyes for the you boat know, on man. the eyes so that you can yeah. pay the guy to go to to go so to you the can afterlife. Pay um, yeah, there is a long kind of uh, standing tradition amongst lots of cultures of doing that kind of thing.
0: Hmm. Um, so kind of the n- next big thing we've got, you have um kai's body is basically taken over by um kyoto or kyoko um, which is the old tiny old lady
2: pretty
1: cool
0: yeah um and you see tetsuo like have his big moment of like showing the general public like i exist this is what i'm capable of i'm going to blow up this tank and you're all going to deal with it Um, yeah and then they start believing that he's akira and akira is like this god that they all worship. Which is,
2: did they, did they ever say how people know about him? I mean, I know the general says, like, it seems like this sort of stuff has gotten out, like somebody has been leaking information or something.
0: Yeah, I think they just, it's more of, like, this idea of this god figure that exists and is, like, held back by the government um, that is, like, going to, you know, I mean, tear they, the government down. and. They also um, explain
1: that Akira was, res- was responsible for the reason Tokyo's gone. Right, and it's because he got so powerful that they had to nuke the whole city to get rid of him.
0: Right, jeez.
2: So and they still didn't because I mean, of, of I mean, what we'll come to in a second.
0: Right. Um. So yeah, you see Tetsu basically show off his power, um, and then the military starts coming after him um, pretty heavily. Um. Which I mean, is so awesome. <laughs> and he just is tossing them around like it's no big deal. I mean, it's it's like. I don't know you get a lot of Dragon Ball Z vibes for sure like when the Saiyans show up and they're flying over the ocean and like the entire navy is there um trying to take Vegeta down it doesn't matter
2: yeah like when Uh, Napa's just like "Eh, I'll level a whole town like no big deal this isn't a big yeah this is fine
0: this isn't a problem um and I mean after that you've got kaneda coming with uh he find he finds a laser gun
2: where did he find this because it is like the coolest thing like he a, found he's it
0: got a, uh he found it on the bodies of all the the soldiers dead
2: soldiers that died. oh the military guys yeah, they yeah. fire
1: him into the, they show him firing into the crowd of the protesters
2: he picks it up off the off
1: one of the guys yeah, freaking
2: awesome, yeah. it's freaking awesome dude it's freaking awesome there and it's it's not self-contained like i love that touch of like he has to wear a battery pack to use it yeah like that's, that's so 80s. Cool... Like that's yeah. so
1: like Game Boy holder <laughs> with a battery charger in it. Like that's Or like so the phone. Yeah, yeah, the cell phone, phone with a cell bag. phones that have
2: the that have the like attachable things yeah. to yeah. it. it's, it's very so cool. cool. I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I mean, from that point on, it is basically just like Tetsuo them trying to take him down and not succeeding, um, for a very long time. Um, and he gets to, they open yeah. up the capsule of Akira, which is basically a Saiyan ship. and yeah, he gets
2: to the Olympiad where they've hidden all that stuff. And then K fights him and he just like cracks the whole earth open and then lifts this thing up out of it. And it's like this giant ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact about inside. the
1: Olympia thing. Oh, I love this. Uh, the movie's in 2019 and uh, the uh, 2020 Olympics are actually in Japan. <laughs>
0: Like in real life,
1: yeah. In real life, they're gonna be in Japan in 2020,
2: which is pretty awesome. That's pretty so awesome. Funny Akira, maybe canonical.
1: Yep. Yeah. We'll but, find all, out. But, but all the bombings would have happened already.
0: So,
2: well, we're, we're too far. You know, if you, if you know the future, then you can change it. <laughs> no, there's no fate, but what we make.
0: Yeah. Oh damn. <laughs> there you go. Man. Uh,
2: so, so he so he gets <laughs> all of these. So yeah, save the cheerleaders, save the world. <laughs> <laughs> if only they'd make an anime version of that so we could cover that for the show. I'm sure everybody would just be champing at the bit to get some of that. <laughs> so he opens up this freaking Saiyan space pod, hoping to find uh, Akira, and there's just a bunch of jars in there. And he's been, they, they took all of his, uh, they made his a bunch of phylacteries organs. like the Egyptian pharaohs of old. And, and they have like put it in, in these there, like and,
0: soda cans. Which was weird. That's soda cans. It looks like, like a figure. seven up. That pod literally opens up, and I'm like, why? Why did they hide a bunch of like seltzer water or beer in this like this portable round freezer? Like it made no sense to me. Chris,
2: make seven up yours. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's been a ruse. um yeah. And yeah, so like you just see like you know his cerebral stem and all kinds of weird you know, body parts to Akira. And And the general basically says to him, like, this is all that's left of him. Like, the scientists that were experimenting on him couldn't figure out what he was or, like, how he worked. And, like, this is what they did with him, hoping that future generations would make something of it.
2: Which is so crazy because they literally nuked the entire city and his eyeballs are still there. Like, his (laughs) brainstem is, like, what did they find? How were they able to stop him that they were able to harvest all these parts after they freaking nuked him? Right. I mean he's super like, powerful, so Yeah. I mean they had to freeze him. Yeah, and then which is which is obvious, like it does something to you physically because then they activate the freaking soul, which is uh, the Hammer of Dawn. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. <laughs> Hammer of Dawn from Gear, Gears of War. Yeah. So they've got this satellite that shoots the sun's rays down basically. Uh, and this was one of my favorite moments because they, they shot him and, like, melted his arm off, basically. Like, it is weird
0: arm. that it, like, hits his entire body and only his arm comes off.
2: That was very strange. And I, I wish that they would have had him standing, like, five feet over to the right so would so his arm was the only thing in the blue beam and that would have been gone. Right. Like, that would have been cool. And then, not only that, but then later, uh, well, never mind. I was going to say Kaneda was also in one of the soul beams but somebody puts up they, a shield. They,
1: he destroys it before it fires.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But then Tetsuo flies up like freaking Superman into space and takes, takes out the satellite. Well, he doesn't take it out. He takes control of it and then starts shooting it all over the earth. <laughs> and I'm just like, "What? This is crazy." At first, I thought he was going to, like, punch it in half or something. But then it's, like, all those crazy, like, blue energy beams just start shooting down all over the place. I'm
1: imagining all of the other countries calling and being like, what's going on? And Japan's like, (laughs) you're going to laugh. Nothing. Nothing. Here's the thing. What are you doing in there? Nothing. Ten years from now, this is going to be a funny story.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then we what happens after like so you see him like ru- eventually he ends up in the Olympiad, and I forget how he even gets there though because does he jump walks. back down, but then like how does how does Kanada just like stop fighting him like does he just run away at some point or like what I forget what like at some point I feel you like know, there's oh, like a there's a good chunk of time between when he's up in space. And then Kaneda is on the earth, and he's, like, running away from him. And then all of a sudden, they end up back in the Olympiad.
2: Well, he ends up going there, I think, after he destroyed the satellite. Yeah, because he doesn't have an
1: arm. Right. So then he goes to the Olympia and then he rebuilds his arm. Right. And then he's like, oh, God. He starts sitting on the thing and, like, and then My and
2: second that. favorite moment, which is when the stuff in his arm starts warming its way through that throne. Like, what a weird picture like it's an the, iconic get, image a well, bunch the I mean, circuitry like you, just starts going out
0: and like you and he don't know what's happening like is he trying? is his this arm trying to become part of the earth is it
2: is is he doing this on purpose or is right. this not and it, no. very quickly you you discover so. he is super not doing this on purpose and he doesn't want it to be happening yeah um which is what happens when the colonel shows up i am shocked that he was able to get there and double-shocked that nobody else was able to get there with him because he wasn't alone. Well, I feel like most of
0: the military Although, at this point like, is gone. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't like think all of them are, up? but what's
2: they that? They got blown up in that in that thing because they were in there and they were trying to gain regain control of the satellite, and then that whole car that he was in or whatever just kind of blew up, right? No, kept, I think like, it was it like it an got EMP kind over of or thing. Whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he takes, so Tetsuo takes the canisters, uh, of like Akira's body parts, and just like sits them behind behind him in the Olympiad, and is just like hanging out, trying to figure out what's going on. You yeah, know? like I
0: don't think he really knows what to do with them at this point. Cause he's like, okay, I now have this thing that is supposed to be incredibly powerful. Well, it's powerful, like
1: he but... he wants the power, but he doesn't. He doesn't know how to.
0: What I like about the
1: whole going back to the vines running through the throne. Like I like that as a symbolic image because it's almost like the power itself is sort of has a mind of its own. It wants to spread and yeah. and gain control And it wants to drag
0: him into it with it. Yeah, and it's gonna yeah.
1: drag him in regardless and he's trying to fight it. And he and he knows that this power comes from Akira, so now he's like Maybe Akira can help me and control Akira it. Akira can help me, or if I kill him, you know, like, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. This won't be a problem. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, he's just a bunch of body parts, and then it's like, what do I do now?
2: This really hurts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he actually he actually asked the the guy for the, the drugs that the other little baby old people are on to help, like, keep the power in check. And, like, it's not, there's not time for that at all. No.
0: Well, and then... uh You've got Kaneda going in and saying, like, okay, I'm good. Well, so, you know, his body starts to grow and explode and basically look like the big ball from inside, yeah. except it's it, much bigger yeah. and much more disgusting, and you actually watch his testicles grow.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I and did and spot the testes. <laughs> Whoa, what? I didn't see that. Yeah, There's it. You see when he first starts heart.
0: to grow, you just see his balls, like, drop, and they get, like, enormous. And then Jeez. everything just turns into like the same blob with yeah. like whatever else, other body parts.
2: Yeah, he goes, Baby he blob. goes full freaking <laughs> cyborg Superman on that, and he's just like a mess of flesh and steel and all sorts of weird stuff.
0: Yeah, the the scene where Kaori gets uh, squished, so she's like trapped in Fucking all of horrific. this flesh. Oh my god, it's awful. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I can like, she gets squished, she becomes part of this thing, and you just hear him say like, I can feel her pain. Like, yeah that's, blowing into of me. that's yeah, one of
1: those things it's like the cronenberg episode of uh rick and morty rick and morty <laughs> yeah <It's laughs> fucking horrifying but you can't look away yeah like yeah. it's one of those it's one of those things for me it's like i don't think i, I don't want to see scene. it but i want to see it <laughs> well and you know, you
0: know it's going to happen too and yeah. then after yeah. it happens to her you think kaneda is going to be next like instantly and yeah, somehow at this point you're listens.
1: like anybody's going I like half the city's dead anyway. Like
0: what's
2: the literally the only thing that stops it is Akira shows up. And as soon as he does his light aura just causes all of that stuff to instantly retract back into Tetsuo. And I was like, dang dude, this guy is like as much out of control as Tetsuo is. Akira is completely in control. Yeah. Because he freaking, he like reconstitutes himself from his constituent parts. Seemingly. I mean, I don't know what, what, how you guys I think the kids that.
1: reassembled him was the idea.
0: Well, yeah, because they say, like, you know, when um, Tetsuo reaches his point where he is his most powerful, that's when we have to do whatever it is we have to do. And at that point, you as mm. the viewer don't know what that is, but, like, you assume yeah. they have a plan. Yeah. Um, and that plan... So they're made, waking think, up Yeah, they're going to reassemble him.
2: Which is so weird, because there's definitely not an entire body there. But no, it
0: seems like no. it, it seems like his mind. That's why mostly. he's
2: all like
1: translucent and weird and Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know
1: yeah. godly. But also he like there's not really a body to have anymore. They're kind of just constructing a thing for the spirit to inhabit for a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Like like the idea like they even say when What's Her Face gets taken over by by a little old lady, uh <laughs> And they're in the jail cell. They talk about what Akira actually is, and they're like, "Is it a person?" And they're like, "Yes, but it's it's more like this. It's this like weird kind of idea that's hard to put words into. It's like the driving force of evolution. It's like the force, basically. It's like it basically is the personified. It's like Yeah. yeah, it's like everything that it's like energy, but it's not really like." Energy it's like the energy behind all things sort of but not like god you know what i mean it's, it's like, like it, a, it's yeah. a little hard to describe it's like when they say it i get it but i can't really like convey it well
2: it's like it's like a personification of primal determinism yeah. or something like that yeah but, well, it, because but they, go, they
1: say akira was a dude yeah but, for sure but yeah. i think the idea is that he his power grew so much that he reached that point and then they destroyed him
2: he basically so like, became God.
0: Yeah. Yes. In, the, there in will, that way.
2: There will be, Chris, there will be a touchstone that uh we'll be able to talk to later when I know we do something else for the show that I can't wait to talk to you about.
1: Which is There's
2: a, there's a there's a part of Dragon Ball Super that actually compares Pretty similarly to this In one In like one particular episode oh, Okay Um. That's That I think is pretty interesting But we'll get to that When we get to it Which My goal be a long today time Was
0: now. to finish Dragon Ball Z Kai And then I ended up Watching Akira And then going to my parents For dinner and then, Well hell yeah And then I never finished Dragon Ball Z Kai Well that's fine so, You got plenty hopefully, of time. hopefully this week Yeah But anyway um, And then yeah You see these three children Say like Well for the first one The old tiny man Not Louie Louie The other one <laughs> goes in and is like I ha- I made him I have to I'm the reason he is this way I have to go do something and then they're like just kidding we all have to band together and like stop this from happening and then the three of them go into this like ball of light they transfer Kaneda to some far part of Neo Tokyo and then all of a sudden uh, Tetsuo turns into a tiny ball of light and is in Kaneda's hand and then it, the movie ends with him just being well and like Neo Tokyo is basically all but destroyed at this point I mean there's some structures standing but they're not inhabitable and yeah. he's sitting there holding this ball of light and the movie ends with Tetsuo saying I am Tetsuo and blah 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 And yeah, so I mean I took from this that he is now like in another reality dimension or was shrunken down by Akira to be able to like controlled in so, some fashion.
2: So the scientist in that place yes. made a comment of like looking at the the wave patterns because we haven't even talked about this. There are a bunch of like mental wave patterns that manifest and you can map that onto like what Tetsuo is versus what Akira is and he's just so far beyond anything. Like Akira is just so much bigger than everything else. But then he comments when everything is going down right before he dies in a fiery explosion that um, that he says this this is the creation of a new universe or this is the creation of our universe or something. He says, so like,
0: would, if this is right, then, like, this would mean that a, a new universe was created or something like yeah. that.
2: And then over the credits, as we talked about before, there's like a bunch of um like solar systems and galaxies like spinning out towards the camera and stuff. So what I got out of that is that, I mean, there's like so many ways to think about it. Like are they going back and creating the universe? And this is when the big bang happened. Are they creating a parallel universe or a different universe? Is that just a way to look at the amount of power and information that are being created by this like crazy transformation? I don't know. There, there's a lot, and I, I, the movie doesn't really give you a whole lot to work with. I think it's well, meant I'm, to be
0: ambiguous. Yeah. What I thought was, and I, I'd be interested to read up on what happens in the rest of it, but apparently this movie only covers the first half of the manga.
1: First half of volume one, and then the final half of volume six. Oh,
0: is that how it yeah. works? Uh, and,
1: so the is the and the movie was finished end of the story. <laughs> like a whole year before the comics finished. But oh, wow. But the guy who wrote the comics directed the movie so they're okay. like kind of the same there's a apparently the middle of the movie is a little different than the comics but the ultimate like bookends of them are are like pretty much exactly the same okay so it made me interested Weird. to read the comics as i'm like where in these other four issues or five issues are there is like
0: is there any context in here
2: yeah <laughs> how much missing? more because i mean who read the comics know? because
0: on its own you really have to like watch it a few I feel like you have to watch it a few times to really like have a full understanding of okay this is what's yeah. happening in this world this is why these characters are the way they are um this is what these scientists are doing like they just kind of assume that you know everything
2: yeah which which I actually like
0: I do I mean cuz it it brings about you know people being able to talk about it and part of me is like I kind of wish they gave it to you at more face value and I don't know if it's just because I spent the past four months watching Dragon Ball Z, where they literally explained like, everything in great yeah. detail. Um, My power
2: level is 530,000. The reason
0: this happened is because of this. And yeah, yeah, You don't get that in this movie at all. It's all conjecture for the most part.
2: Which I feel like lends itself to kind of... Because people in real life don't explain everything. No. So it's like it kind of lends to a sense of realism where like everybody is living in the world. There's no cipher because everybody's living in that world the only explanations that we get are from people who are sympathetic to the fact that we don't understand what's going on. So like the, basically the baby old people, you know, who are like the only ones informing the main characters and us by, you know, by proxy
3: mm-hmm. of
2: like, Hey, this is what's going on. But they basically, they're kind of beyond humanity. So they don't really explain things in terms that we understand, like, because they're talking in a scope that's like beyond it's also translated.
1: So but That's also true. Yeah. So like a lot of <laughs> those think about concepts that, you know might be those might be might Japanese be understandable things that are really familiar. in Japanese than they are in English. Yeah. Right. Or to you know even subtitles or anything like that cuz um
0: yeah. So before we start to get into like the wrap up uh section of this. I mean, are there any like touchstone moments that we didn't talk about that you guys like really where like this was my favorite part of this was like a really incredible scene or moment or
1: I just liked all the parks with bikes. That they were so uh, cool. Yeah,
0: all the I love the the entra- it's almost like Tron, like the entrails yeah. on Maybe all that's the why bikes it was like I'm really, a massive really cool. Tron fan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need to see Tron at some point. Um They're the so good. Really I good. really liked the there was a couple of things. I liked the idea that Tetsuo was so angry at Kaneda for always trying to help him out and then at the end right before Akira took him away he was literally begging Kaneda for help Um, and I think that was just him reverting to like relying on other people and knowing that he wasn't equal to the task I just thought that was like there was something very primal and kind of visceral about that of like knowing he's totally helpless knowing that not only are forces outside of him kind of conspiring against him but something inside of him also
0: well, at that um, point, I feel like you see the separation between him and the power that's within him. Like, yeah, definitely. It's not just, like, you almost, you almost have to assume that, like, he is, like, drunk with any rage or power that he's given throughout the majority of the movie. Um, and then once he realizes, like, this isn't a part of me, or, like, this is beyond anything that I can comprehend or control, like, he does revert back to that state of, like, I need you and I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be okay without you.
2: Yeah. And I I think that definitely does factor into it. Like I don't, and, and that's another thing. Like we were talking earlier about like him feeling left out and feeling like, you know, Kaneda and the other members of the gang like bullied him or something like that. But I feel like that was just his insecurity and that the power was like welling up and getting out of control. And that like fed this weird ego that didn't really belong to him. But was just like I don't know. It was almost like he was possessed by this kind of power, and that sort of thing. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And then it kind of like settled off a little bit as the power started to separate itself. Like when he's sitting on the throne and everything's starting to be like absorbed into himself. Like that was the point where like he actually had that clarity, and he was because that thing had already taken on a mind of its own. It wasn't manifesting itself through him. But I thought that was interesting. Uh, another part, um, and this is really the last thing I have to say about it is. The, the humor of, I mean, it, it wasn't, it's never played for comedy, but for me, just the humor of watching Kaneda with his little battery powered laser gun, shoot him and then realize that like the battery's out of juice and then he's totally, like he's just totally outclassed in every way, even when he does have the gun. It's like what it reminded me, and I've been super deep into Marvel recently it reminded me of like Hawkeye trying to fight Thor. Like it's like you stand literally no chance. Like you have basically a pea shooter, and this person has like ultimate power. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing. I like you have to commend.
0: And I said it while we were watching it to Jess. Like you have to commend him for going into this fight, knowing like he's not going to win, but no. he feels like he's the only person not that that's capable, but like that that has a responsibility to trying to deal with this situation because as the leader is partly responsible for uh, uh, Tetsuo being the way that he is.
2: Yeah. And, and I feel like that's kind of Kaneda's arc. Whereas like, he's super belligerent at first and then it's like, Oh, I like this girl. And then it's like, I'm the leader of this biker gang. This bad thing happened to my friend. Who's also a member of the gang. Like I need to help him. And if I can't help him, I need to end it. And like, you know, it's, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Josh, did you have any touchstone moments?
2: Um other not, than the bikes. Not
1: necessarily <laughs> a moment, but I really enjoyed the over the overarching theme of this like cyclical relationship between um there is this weird like science and religion, but it's it's played off as like the same thing. You know, in yeah. a weird way, in this movie, which I found it's almost really like horizon
0: it's like what it's almost it reminds me a little dawn. bit of like horizon zero dawn,
1: oh yeah, like the Where? blending of ideas, kind of, yeah, um, but I liked the idea of uh it's like this old it's this old uh mythological idea of like hubris and people trying to become gods, and they never can, kind of. And every time they do, it's like slap. It's like the Icarus thing. Like Icarus wants to fly, even though he's a human. So he builds wings of wax and then tries to fly, and then he dies because the sky is not the domain of humans. And now my dog's walking around making a shitload of noise. Uh, <laughs> it's that idea, and I, I I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, co- I'm kind of into that idea. Usually when it's played in science fiction. So yeah. Uh, I thought they did they handled it really well and it was really and it was really it was really interesting. Um and also just the art is
0: like gorgeous. I found some yeah.
1: statistic about the art and now I don't think I have it open anymore. Let me find it really quick but mm. uh keep talking.
0: There were a bunch of uh there's this one YouTube video if you're interested in uh you know anything about this movie. I I can't remember who makes it but it's like if you just type in Akira facts, it's, like, 107 facts about Akira. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like, remember
1: their name, but they do that for, like, everything.
0: Yeah. And they they go into, like, the director of the movie after, like, they had storyboarded it out, and it ended up being, like, 70 pages or something like that. And then they have, like, a notebook that this guy has of the entire movie that's, like, 200 pages long that he, uh like, drew out by hand which is like pretty incredible. That's nuts. I think the whole movie itself was drawn by like 40 people. Um which is insane to me because of like how fluid and everything mm-hmm. is and all. Um
1: that. I found the thing. So the movie consists of 2212 shots and uh and uh 1000 or sorry 160,000 single pictures, two to three times more than usual, like in a usual animated feature of this length. They used 327 different colors, which at the time was a record for animated film, 50 of which were exclusively created for the movie. Yeah, like Akira Red is a color. And I know that sounds like, like what? They created that? And it's like, well, you have to think about animation. They only had like a, a specific, you know, palette. Usable, especially at the time,
0: yeah. In the 80s, like it's not like you could just go into you know Photoshop or whatever and get that color wheel literally, millions
1: (laughs) and billions of different color shades. You know, back then you had a certain amount, so they literally had to create like 50 colors that were never used in an animated film for the film. And they said the reason for this statistic (laughs) is that most of the movie takes place at night, a setting that is traditionally avoided by animators because of the increased color
2: requirements. And I
0: thought that. So they really just
2: went, they just went balls out. They're just they like, did. we're doing this,
0: and it pays off. I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't look like anything else that came out around that time. Yeah. yeah, I saw
1: another statistic that it was the highest grossing film in 1988.
0: I saw that as well. I mean, it makes sense. It's epic. and they were they were trying to make a live action version. Sony was trying to make. They've a live been action trying to make that
1: it. movie for like 15 years, and they're never gonna. No, they're well, never they, gonna make it.
0: The original budget that they had, like, estimated that it would cost was, like, $300 million. Yeah, and they were like, like nope. That, and it, it
1: wouldn't like make that. It was the it same thing with that. the Halo movie. I think they, like, they were like, we're going to do a Halo movie. We got all these actors signed up. We got a script. Peter Jackson. Yeah, they were like, Peter Jackson's going to do it. And then the budget went above, like, $300 million or whatever. And they were like, nope. Just kidding. Wasn't
2: Scorsese attached to something at some point? Or was that the show?
0: That might have been the show. Uh, I don't know if it was for Halo. I I feel
2: like he was attached to something for Halo,
0: but
1: maybe not. the the Akira thing has gone through like multiple hands, like multiple directors have signed on and then left. Like, I think James Cameron was on that project at some point and left because he loves the He loves Akira. And yeah, if James Cameron
2: Cameron can't do it, nobody can do it. Yeah, because that dude did Avatar. But my thing is, why do it at all? We already have the movie. We have it. Yeah, like, exactly, and we don't need it. It's like the I, Full Metal I,
0: Alchemist movie. We don't need it. I was just gonna say that. Like, it's there haven't, to my knowledge, there aren't many good live action anime. I,
1: I'm only versions. like if they now what I would be okay with is if they said we're going to do an animated series that is the comic book. Like, we're going to directly like do the entire comic book. That would be different.
3: Like to a mini series, yeah. Uh,
1: and it's the it's the I'm, I'm very anti remake, but a remake that I actually like is Bram Stoker's Dracula from like 93 or whatever. And the reason I like that is because all of the old Dracula films were based on the play that wasn't written by Bram Stoker. They're based on an entirely different version of Dracula. So it's not even really a remake as it is finally a movie based on the original book.
2: That's the one with Gary Oldman, right?
1: Yes. No. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. That one is actually based on the book, as opposed to like the one from the '30s, which is based on the stage play, which is d- um, it's different. Which is the Bella Lugosi it one? It shares some similarities. Yes, the Bella Lugosi one, but it's a different plot, and things happen completely differently. So, like, I'm okay with that kind of thing. So, if they were to be like, I'm not okay with them being like, let's just do Akira again. I'm not i okay, I'm not really okay with that because we already have the movie. But if they were like, let's do an animated series where we cover all six of the comic books, because most of that content, like ninety percent of that content, is not in the movie.
2: You could get a more yeah, cohesive
1: cool. story that way. I think that would be really cool. Um, in that'd the same like way Ghost that they're doing the Watchmen versus, right now, like yeah, you
2: know, that'd be yeah. I was gonna say that that'd be like Ghost in the Shell the movie versus Ghost uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex the series, which are different. Yeah. Right. But aren't they all, good. like,
1: part of some cohesive timeline, I've heard, or they
2: change it? They might be. I mean, and there's also Ghost in a Shell comics. Like, I just, I got one on free comic book day. Yeah. It's pretty good.
0: Like, this year you got that?
2: Yeah, I got
1: that, like, yeah, it was one of ago. the comics, I think, that was... Interesting. interesting. I'm just
0: surprised that they would, like, make that, because, like, you would think that would be something they would want to put out before that movie came out to, like, get people hyped up. Well, but I mean, like, I don't think it was based on the movie, though. No, it's... De- no, I mean, no, but... No, it's not. Normally, they'll time stuff like that by the way can't
1: wait till we talk about the animated movie because it is one of my great cinema loves i adore this i adore that movie
0: yeah i'm excited to watch that yeah me too
2: i
1: I think it is uh it's not as impactful as akira but it came out in the united states around like in a
0: just post
1: akira world when they were like oh people now all of a sudden care about japanese animation a thing they didn't actually know existed at this time and now they're hungry for it," which created like the first you know beguilings of uh japanese animation and anime in the states which then led to animation stuff like the matrix and uh yeah and then you know the launch of toonami which really i think was like the if if akira was putting out all the wood toonami was like the flame you know yeah uh which I we'll have to do a whole episode on Toonami, I swear to God, because... Yep. <laughs> Boy, howdy. There's some memories there. There's a video yeah, on YouTube that's 60 minutes of all of their show promos and like the Dreams video with the maps and all that. I I watched like 40 minutes legit of that and and some of them I was like I don't remember this and then other ones I'd be like oh my god I totally forgot about big O like
0: well there's uh there's that infamous scream that like it took Brian and I Brian brought up this scream from a uh, Dragon Ball Z and here we found out it was it's when uh it's during the Saiyan saga when Vegeta gets like hit into a mountain and he like busts out and goes yeah <laughs> and he, we couldn't figure out what it was from. And there was one day I, yeah, I, I was just like, it sitting on the computer childhood. and I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I could find it because like this screen was in one of the Toonami bits. Oh, yeah. And uh, like I went back and found like the bit and was like, all right, I have to find this episode because I knew I had just recently watched it. And I found like all these different versions. I was like, wait, Ocean Dub. What's that? And then I went and clicked on it and I was like, oh, my God, Brian. And I like sent it to him <laughs> like, immediately. He was so excited.
1: Yeah. I found it. <laughs> yeah
0: oh, good stuff um i mean that's all i i, I like the movie for sure i i yeah. think i want to watch I definitely it. definitely
1: enjoyed it a second time the first I time i watched it dubbed the first t- i watched it dubbed and i had because no, i watched it subbed i had no problems with it i thought it was totally fine now now there is a thing about the dubs the original dub from the 90s is apparently very bad that's what i've heard and and uh it's not accurate but there is a there's a like two, a post-2012 dub, which I believe is the one I watched. And that one is a more accurate translation of it. And, um, and I think if you buy the Blu-ray, like the newly released Blu-ray, it has the Japanese audio, the original 90s dub, and then the new
0: dub on it. Okay. So I'm well.
2: not sure which one it was. I watched this on Hulu. Um, do you know if that's the new one or the old it's one? probably the new one. Okay. It's very good. Yeah. Um if it was good, he, then it's probably the new one. <laughs> just to well, I mean, just to it's it's super obviously good, which is you'll understand why it was really good when I tell you who it was. But um Kaneda is played by my boy, Johnny Young Bosch, who also plays Vash the Stampede and Trigun and like a ton of other characters that is I like. Is he love. the he's Black of, Ranger? He's yes. He's one of my favorite voice actors ever. And then um, Joshua Seth plays Tetsuo and he is young knives in Trigun. Mm. Um, and, uh, Wendy Lee is also in it and she plays Faye Valentine in cowboy bebop and Bulma in dragon ball super. Uh, and she is, I think she's, um, K whatever the girl is, the girl with the resistance. Is it Kai
3: or
0: K? I think it's, I think it's K.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, There's, there's a lot of that and it's, it's great. So I've, I watched it in English both times. Um, so I, I will go back and watch it sub, but like, I feel like having a, a, a section where we recommend it, if it's not super obvious to people like at the end of the show, like we all like it and we very much recommend that you watch it if you haven't already. Yes, Um,
0: absolutely. So yeah. And if you have Hulu, it's on there.
2: yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It goes on sale on
0: like Amazon and Best Buy quite a bit. Yeah, because uh, Wario 64 usually tweets that out whenever it goes on sale.
2: And just to be absolutely clear on Hulu, they have both the sub version and the dub version. So yes. which whichever one you want is there, if you have that.
0: Uh, make sure you cut out a good amount of time, though, because the movie is like two hours and five minutes long. Like, it is... I
2: legitimately did not remember that. I thought it was an hour and a half. So I actually had to skip past some of the bits uh, <laughs> when I watched it this time because I I. I timed it out, I thought, so that I could just watch it and then flow right into the show. And it's like, nope, you definitely overshot this by a half hour. <laughs> so,
0: nah, nah. no worries. Um, I mean, that is all I have. Uh, yep. Unless you gentlemen have anything else. <laughs> uh, no, Akira's great. <laughs>
1: watch it again. Because watch you will probably already watched it at this point, but watch it again. Because it's definitely a movie that benefits from multiple viewings. As I, as I see as someone who went from not liking it to someone who now actually likes it.
2: Yeah? Yeah. It's great. Well,
0: that's all we have for you on this episode of Hooray for Anime. Have a show or movie you'd like for us to watch and discuss? Then tweet at us at Hooray for Anime on Twitter for your favorite anime content to be considered for an episode. If you want to call one of us out personally, you may do so. You can find me at Shrives93. Oh, am I
1: supposed to go next? Because I'm
0: on the. <laughs> list. This is this is you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Josh. Uh,
1: you can find me on Twitter at the Jawa Josh, and if you want to hear me ramble a lot about Star Wars, you can go to a Star Wars Podcast dot com, which is the home of Long Time Ago Radio. Uh, and by the way, Brian, bi-weekly means what I thought it was because I looked it up. But to be fair, it also means what you mean. It has double meaning. It's a, exactly. It's a biweekly podcast where we talk all about Star Wars and have fun. It's a good time, and uh, and it's also you, on iTunes. Did you abandon?
2: Awesome. Huh? Did you abandon fortnightly? No, it's still all
1: fortnightly, but I'm like, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of charming now. I kind of like fortnightly, you know, cause See? it's weird, I, but, you're welcome. but I, I'm going <laughs> to just refer to it as what it is. But yeah, a star Wars podcast.com iTunes, Stitcher sound or not SoundCloud, but all that stuff. I'm so used to hearing everyone say SoundCloud that I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Like tune I'm not in also it's on there as well.
2: You can find me at Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X, on Twitter. And you can also catch me on the weekly video games podcast, The Platformers. Um, that is on Twitter, at Pod, And it goes up every week on uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, Google Play, iTunes, all that sort of stuff. It's um, A it's lot everywhere. of times, it's actually the three of us. Uh, and whoever else we have to guest on it, uh, talking about video games and nerd culture and stuff like that. We recently put up a spoiler cast for uh, the 2018 PlayStation 4 God of War game, so if you want to hear us talk about that, you can go check that out.
0: All right. Thank you for joining us. Um, we will see you next time. I believe our one of our upcoming episodes, we don't have an order for this yet as this is our first uh, episode. Um, the, the next one we're recording will be Batman Ninja. Um, at the very least, myself and Mr. Brian Barnett will be on there. I'll probably yeah, so watch go that watch
2: one. it and listen.
0: Oh, sweet! Yeah, I got yeah. re- it. is it out yet? It is out.
1: Okay. I have. Yes. It. I'll, probably, I'll just rent book, it on my blue That's what I did with this because I don't own Akira. So,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 Um, cool.
1: cool well, so we watch see Batman see Ninja. Woo! Woo! Maybe I'll go watch that while you didn't.